It's the Opix Podcast, baby. Glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might become an obsession as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock it iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your Opix, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying. Welcome, fellow Uplanders, to another exciting episode of the Upix Podcast. I am your host, Too Stupid to Win, and as always, I'm joined by Thank Me Later. How are we doing today? What's up? Still recovering from round one of Spud Wars and uh, refilling my electrical truck for round two. If you got hate in your heart, let it out, my friend. That's, that's not hate. It's just, uh, yeah. yeah. We'll talk about it more later in the show. <laughs> we do have a great show for you uh happy new year welcome to 2021 and uh, is this our first show of the new year first show of the new year wow oh we got a banger for it too yeah and uh yeah we got a lot to cover uh it's we got the numbers a lot going on in new york city you had the spud wars going on um now you have round two coming up and it's going to be well the sandbox wars we call it spud wars but you know what we're talking about and uh, here on the Upix podcast, if you have ever trouble falling asleep, just put us on, and uh, we're better than melatonins, from what I've been told. <laughs> yeah, great ador- endorsement from our, you know, number sponsor there, Mixplick. Love it. Thanks. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, yes, and all numbers here on the show are provided by DailyUplander.com, and don't forget to check out Upix.World, too, for all your data needs. Those two sites are well run by uplanders themselves so definitely check those sites out uh and we also have what is upland i think for the new year we'll kick it up with block unchained and what is upland hey everybody uh the definition of upland that i present always depends on who i'm talking to and what they know but the most grand claim i like to make about what upland really is about is Upland is an early stage cross-platform metaverse that is on a path to becoming the largest and most dynamic economy of NFTs in the world. And there you go. Sploosh. Every time, just sploosh. I need a bomb drop sound after that, just like an explosion. Jeez, oh, Pete. (laughs) And that is if you find the podcast off listening to us on itunes or spotify and wonder what we'll be talking about for the next 45 minutes to an hour and uh we'll be talking about the wonderful metaverse of upland and the disclaimer is upland me inc is not responsible for any content provided on this podcast all thoughts and opinions are myself thank me later and t davis and any guests that we do have on it and if we do offend or hurt anybody's feelings that is not the intention in any way shape or form i mean you'll still take it out on us in game or on discord but you know it's not our intention always it's never my intention too stupid is genuinely a good person i'm a little bit more devious probably i guess i like to stir the pot i got to keep it in. the thing is we're not playing sim city people like that's the thing like if there's not conflict it's not fun like i'm not i'm not if i wanted to go play uh you know minecraft or something and you know kumbaya land like i like the little bit of competition and i like the fact and again let's be very clear also 
on this, and I, I know we'll talk about it later, but I, I really feel like I want to call this out. If these were permanent negative attributions to a neighborhood, I would be horribly against it. Like, that would never be okay with me. The fact that it's temporary and is a gaming mechanic used to help level the playing fields between large neighborhoods and small neighborhoods to give a semblance of a chance is why I'm all about it. Because at the end of the day, I think, you know, most of us have, you know, properties in most of these places. So we're not, we don't want to hurt any property permanently. That would be terrible investment on everybody's part. And honestly, just not really fun, but it's a temporary game, mini game of Upland. But that's Spud Wars, and we'll talk about that more later. Uh, that's yeah. just it's pumping through my vein, man. <laughs> I've been I've been like wired for like the past week dealing with it, and uh, yeah. T- TM, do not provoke. Okay, so sorry. We're also live. We have a live studio audience, <laughs> which is a handful of really dedicated players, um, and uh, you know we have a text here. TM is trying to provoke me via text. And I'm not going to take the bait just yet. Just yet. Yeah, I don't. I need him for the whole show. I don't need him to stroke out in the first five five minutes of the show. My gosh. (laughs) And so we can we can get to your favorite part and uh, and get you going on your rants and reel you back in. Uh, We'll we'll jump right into our uh, into our numbers aspect of the program. Yeah, I'd be interested to see. I mean, obviously, New York has gone gangbuster, so T. Davis's update's going to be crazy. Yeah, T. Davis's update, I can't wait for it. I was looking at some of our numbers, and I was like, huh, when T. logged in, I'm like, you got some interesting numbers this week, because there was a lot of data missing from our numbers, so if you're good at math, you'll figure it out yourself, too, when we cover that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are on dapradar.com. Uh and we're looking at the 24-hour volume or users of the last 24 hours. Upland, uh, 4.39K. Not our highest peak. We did set a new record, I think, what was it, January 1st, they said, of uh, 24-hour daily active users mm. there. Yeah. Yeah, that was in the, the Upland data. Yeah. Peace. Uh, Splinterland is back on top at number one, followed by Galaxy Blocks. Look at Alien World jumping up and out of nowhere. Man, yeah, that's that's crazy. I got like their beta card. I never got into it. Is it? I don't know anything about it really. Uh, me either. But I always like the advertising sports, Sport X gambling, and it had like the twenty four hour was like six people playing. Like there's sixty people that have one hundred and fifty two thousand in this. Like. Guys, slow down. Like you're like ten, you're like a small village, and you're just giving your money to this obvious scam. It's really sad. And then, <laughs> sorry, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's under gambling. Sport X. That's the ad Sport, right here. Sport X. Yeah. Uh, no. No thanks. For the seven day average, uh, Upland is number two at eleven. 1,450 uh, users. So that's that's pretty good. Moving on up there. Galaxy Blocks is at 2529 or 25,000. So I mean, that's a huge increase for us though. Like 15% uh, for the 7 day. I mean, the next highest Splinterlands is at less than 8. So and then it goes to like 3,000. Like so there's 
there's a significant gap in the gaming, um, like blockchain games. Yes, absolutely. And the 30 day users, uh, upland is third once again at 14.18 K. So doing pretty good. We'll be hitting, uh, uh, what do you give it till we have 20,000, uh, users over a 30 day period? 20,000, I reckon, um, be second week in March. Second week in March. Second week in March. Our second March podcast will have uh, 20,000 over a 30 day. That's my, that's my prediction. All right. I'll write that down. And I don't think you're far off. I'm right there sometime, sometime in March. Let's see here. And then into the weekly numbers, the fun stuff. So net worth, we had, uh, I was looking at these pre-show, uh, four new executives this week, 22 new directors. Wow. That's a record. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. A little moving along the top 10, just people shuffling places. Nobody really jumping up there. Uh, Mr. Monopoly wasn't an executive. He must have bounced back and forth. Maybe. Patashi, sure. Wizkid, bumping it up. T. Davis. Congratulations, T. Davis. Is, it, is that real or is it shenanigans? He said it's real. He said it's straight up legit. I, I feel like most things that T. Davis d- does anymore aren't are a little bit sketchy. He's really? got that New York influence, so uh-huh. I don't really trust him. <laughs> he's like, I got that. He was, he's like, uh, I feel like his properties are all like uh, when you see a guy on the corner, he opens up a trench coat, and he's like, I got a, I got a Rolex for you. Like, that's T. Davis trying to sell properties. It's a little scary. <laughs> I never got that vibe off of T. Davis, but... Uh, really? yeah. If he say, if you say so, who who do you get that vibe off of? In who's the, game? the who's the sketchy watch dealer of Upland to you? Ooh, man, you caught me called there. The sketchy capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh man, I said the name. <laughs> yeah, censor. Censor. Bleep. Bleep. <laughs> um, twenty. Moving on. We usually read the. We usually read the directors, but man, that's yeah, we'll, we'll hustle hey, through the you, 22. For you, Chica's up there, Upland Queen. Yes, Queen. Wake Upland, Striker X, Shatasha 23. Screw you. Nice name. Nice name. Benist, Eososo Pasta 123, Yorka, Plot. Geogebra. See, now there's a benefit of actually taking time, listening to the podcast, tuning in, writing to us. Tell us how to spell your name. This dude's name, honestly, if it wasn't for that, I'd be like G3044, brah. Like, but no. <laughs> bra. No, it's Geogebra. Dark Laz, who may or may not be actual Laz. I think it's actual question Laz. Mark, question mark conspiracy theory? Be, because Laz's Twitter has the same picture right? as dark laz i don't know if somebody's if it's a spoof or it really is the old community manager laz. question mark 
Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Havoc US USMC. Hoorah. Stay tased. Like that. <laughs> Larry Fine, 47. Dark Mark Leoys. Zeno Tops. Ad original ADK. and rounding it off, Pharaoh 57, which I feel like we've said is we had some interactions with that because we weren't really sure if it was Pariah or Pharaoh. Pariah, I guess it's Pariah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, if you listen to the show, you heard your name get botched, feel free to reach out to Too Stupid to Win and tell them how it should be pronounced. Don't message me because I'll continue to mispronounce it anyway. <laughs> At least you're honest. Mm hmm. <laughs> any move <laughs> eh405 moved up 12 spots to 30 t davis jumped 17 spots to number 36 um i mean at least we know his girlfriend knows about all his spending right look at I mean, austin that's... eddie brand new to the list just missed the executive cut oh maybe she does. uh austin eddie austin eddie why that name sounds oddly he's got 9.7 million upex invested Man, that's the way to get in. Yeah. Now he wasn't on the new wait. Yeah. New director, uh, so he had to have over a million in before that. But he he made a nice jump to get in. But I mean, to crack the top one hundred now, um, we, we do have some to get to crack the top one hundred. You have to have five point one more than five point one million upex. Holy cow! We're at over five million to get to the top one hundred. Yes. T. Davis has a legendary beard, it says in text. And why do I feel like it's not talking about facial hair? Awkward. <laughs> oh, definitely awkward. Awkward. Um, lots of new. Like, like this is impressing. I mean, Bibbing and Star Labs rounding out the top 100. They're, they're not necessarily, like, they've been around for a while. But, like, Ad-Rock, Friangiajaza whatever that name is uh yeah. like those are that means like again like you're jumping up massive austin eddie must have jumped up at least four and a half million um to break the to get to where he is let's see here oh apparently they were talking about uh facial hair so my bad yep you're bad clarified overall properties uh no changes in the crickets, top, top 20 crickets top 20 everybody's just plotting along 11 new players this week with 100 plus properties um you have black voodoo 15 black voodoo. new to the Sounds list spooky 397 properties for 42nd place on the top 100 Hey, there's my boy EH0405 with his huge win today, uh, Billionaire's Row property. Oh, yeah. N36Cs, new to the list, 84. Position with 236 properties. That's pretty cool. And to crack the top 100 for total properties, Kachow is sitting in 100th position with 203 properties. So you need 200 properties to be top 100 and you need $5 million, $5 million upex to be uh, uh, yeah, top 100 in yeah, value. You better 
better be cracking that piggy bank open. You want to hit these charts and it's only going to get more difficult. So sell that, sell that Bitcoin, do what you need to do. (laughs) Get in now. It's sad when like just a week or two ago, it was half the value it was now. And you thought you were making a good sell. Yeah, two like two weeks ago, you sell a Bitcoin, maybe you break top 100. Today, you sell a Bitcoin, you're competing with the likes of Dizzy. Like that's that's there's something crazy about that. Um, What the hell? It it was more than five thousand dollars two weeks ago. Oh, whatever. (laughs) Get out of here with your fact checkers. Non-biased fact checkers. Yeah. All right, Fox News. Oh, that's they got bias fi- uh, facts checkers too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Um, what are we looking at now? We already did this one. Yeah, I was just sliding on down. B Dag and Cybertracks hit cracked the top one hundred. Oh, for in San properties Fran. in San Francisco. Nice. Yeah, again, I think we're gonna see slowdown. Um, and oh, there's our black voodoo. That's interesting. I. And and I know, you know, we'll be introducing a, a Fresno spinoff um, at some point this year, which is good because, I mean, like, I thought Fresno was kind of dead, but apparently there's, like, this underground, like, Fresno, like, fan club, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. Like, I mean, you saw it last week with Fididi, you know, jumping in, like, 255 properties. Now Black Voodoo jumping in. He's got 379, like... Yeah, there's, there's still some action happening there. And then Crazy Houston jumped a few weeks ago, I believe. Yeah, yeah so there, there's still a lot going on in Fresno. I've personally neglected Fresno and focused on San Francisco, and I've been hanging in New York for a while. So there is that. And they're only. Yeah. And then up, up squared overall, uh, no real changes. And we yep. do have it broke down for Upsquare San Francisco and Upsquare Fresno. Hey, now I, now I like these numbers. Oh, hey, let's talk about Upsquare San Francisco. That oh, now like you want to talk about Upsquare San Francisco. That seems like a Francisco. very important metric to Not really at dive, all. <laughs> dive into. Why do you want to dive into that one? Because you're finally well, on the top again? You're finally whoa, in the... Hey, as the only six-figure Upsquared owner of San Francisco, I will beg you to not take that tone with me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, hold on. I got to move my chat so I can see this sand. Damn though. TM 300, almost 330,000 up squares in Fresno. Fresno. That's borderline horrifying and tm did crack uh 400,000 up squares total overall Oh, he did i see that oh yeah congrats man that's huge 400,000 up squared most of in the uh most of it's in the absolute ghetto of uh fresno but how do you hey, know it's the ghetto for you good whoa 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 whoa! did we have did we have dizzy join yes dizzy joined and is already talking smack hold my spud i'm sorry dizzy what neighborhood were you the champion of again (laughs) oh yeah that's what i thought i guess all that money you know couldn't buy you a championship i what are you the dallas cowboys 
I don't know. I, I don't know enough about sports to make a relevant analogy there. I apologize. That wasn't good. Yeah. Uh, the Yankees? Is that still a thing? Yeah, sort of. <sighs> Who pays a lot of money and still doesn't win? The Cowboys. Oh, okay. So I was... Yeah. Oh. So, yes. Those were definitely the numbers for the week. And... Uh, P.A. Dizzy, get out of here with your nonsense. <laughs> we're, we're not at that part of the show yet. Look, I've been trying to keep him... Uh, Settle yeah. down there, Dizzy, and you're just riling him up. Oh, boy. Oh. Why am I not surprised the likes of Dizzy Disky are behind PH? Shocker. And it's live from Little Italy, the New York Minute with T. Davis. How are you doing tonight, T? Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, you can hear how we're doing. I, I need a little right. help uh, controlling this wild man over here. <laughs> I hear you, man. All right. Well, I'll do what I can. Uh, Yeah, the numbers are insane for this week uh, compared to last week. Um, Lots of movement all over the place. Um, We have Dizzy still in the lead at one, and I'm going to say that every segment for a long time because he's got a 2,400 property lead over TM. Um, but Dizzy sits atop the uh, the heap at twenty eight fifteen. Looks like he's picked up uh, thirty properties between now and the last time we ran these numbers. Um, I dug in a little bit to see where the those purchases were, just because I'm sure that uh, listeners would like to know where the city's top. Um, property owner is spending his upics, and I hope I'm not giving away any secrets, but uh, it's been primarily in Garment District, 7th Ave, um, Chinatown, Harlem again, as well as uh, Flatiron District. Um, not significant pickups this last week, um, not significant for, for Dizzy, maybe significant for me, but not, uh, nothing mind blowing, just, you know, 20 to 30 K pickups here and there. And then of course the smaller Harlem acquisitions, um, second place, we have TM still taking, uh, taking that spot with 410 properties. It looks like he was also active. Uh, Ben 68 is retaining his lead at third. And then uh, our biggest mover in the top 10 is uh, Brett Hard G. Gerber, moved up six spots to number four. And then uh, the, re- the rest rounds out with Atomic Pop, Oliver, Sunstar, Hodler, MG, and EH0405. That's our top 10. Um, we have 31 new property owners in the last week in New York City. So the last week we had 668. We're one shy of 700 at this point. Um, again, with 31 new property owners. And this week we have a uh, a report on the uh, upsquares in New York. So obviously Dizzy sits atop that chart also with uh, 99,797 upsquares. MJC 3337 is second. And you know what? Let me share my screen for those who are in this call. 
Um, landlord number three at twenty six thousand eight hundred and seventy seven, and then we round out the top ten: Atomic Pop, Wicked M, TM, EHO four o five, Prospect Gold, Jiggo Player, and Black Rock. And I have a feeling that uh, Mixplick decided to show us fifteen just so that he can include the uh, the fifteenth place there. So thank you so much, Mix. Uh, I'm sitting in the 15th spot with 13,450 up squares in NYC. Um, So for my next segment that I missed, I want to go back to my fun fact that I completely skipped over. So my fun fact for this week has to do with our latest collection, which was Billionaire's Row. Are you guys familiar with Billionaire's Row at all, T-Mel? Too stupid? Yeah, there's a bunch uh, of rich people living there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to – yeah. I feel like we had talked about that at one point. So I know that there was some buzz, but it was uh, it was very low in the community on it. But, I mean, obviously people like Green Turtle were on it from the, the beginning because they went out and mended it. And we've seen what Spike Sand did. You know, he completely cleaned up with four of the eight. Um, but uh, Billionaire's, Billionaire's Row, is it's pretty much 57th Street, although it is scattered kind of all over Midtown in that area. Um, and it's just super luxurious you know, huge, tall skyscrapers. The uh, the cheapest condo listed right now is $3.05 million. So that's for a condo, if you can imagine paying that. That doesn't that. seem like... But for the cheapest? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess, I okay. guess the, if that's the cheapest. Okay. Let me go. Then on the other end of the spectrum, the most expensive units are upwards of 60 60 million. Okay, that's what I'm expecting. Like billionaires row, like three millions, nothing. Like I mean, I'm in Dallas, and I know the of, of condos and stuff that are a million, two million. Like, and they're not even like nice. So doing my uh, my research on this fun fact, so I saw one one bedroom studios for ninety nine thousand, and two bedroom apartments. I'll just like you know, very small square footage in like 300k, um, in the 300k range. Which, I mean, it's just the housing costs there are just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it's you know, obviously just a status symbol to say that hey, I live on 57th Street. But um, also in my research, what I pulled up is that do you guys have any idea which the Richest zip code in New York City, which neighborhood is the richest per capita? And so I can give you some numbers to take a guess. So the, the, the average income is $900,000 a year. And the, let me see, the median rent is $6,200 a month. You guys have any guesses on that? That's some cheap rent. Um, sixty-two hundred. I mean, I guess that's median, though. <laughs> no, I know that's medium. Uh, median sale price is three point eight million on a place. Central Park mm. West. 
so that was on uh, that that's up there but tribeca is now my new it, it had been one of my favorites but now reading reading into this I, I feel like i'm going to switch from chelsea back to tribeca can i stay out um, of tribeca that's been my little secret that i've been trying to acquire stuff from <laughs> stay yeah. away yeah me and you both now man because it seems that every art every article that i pull up that mentions billionaires row like it's every every third or fourth article mentions tribeca also and so for collection speculation reasons i feel like that is something that's very noteworthy Uh, and you know good to know um dizzy did buy uh bay and hova's building and taylor swift's building so he's got some good buildings there in uh in uh Tribeca. Tribeca? Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking. Sorry. I'm like also like looking like I bought, I bought a couple properties there. Um, Broadway properties. I bought, I tried to do that, that sneaky double up. Like, so I have some Broadway properties in Tribeca. Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of properties there. So no, that's interesting that, well, I guess they also said, so if a, if a collection sells out, then within a certain amount of time, um, it will be made available like pretty quick. Like it's not going to be like weeks later. It sounded like it would be pretty quick that they would then release the criteria, say that a collection has been made. And now I guess the other thing is cause like things like Harlem aren't going to sell out anytime soon. Right. Like they're just not, um, but those I don't think re- a lot of them are, to be honest with you. That I mean, just look at Soho since the announcement. I mean, I just – these small custom ones were the best ones that had the opportunity to sell out. I feel like we're going to have to wait for the future releases, um, like they mentioned in San Francisco, to get more collection reveals. I don't, I don't know that anything else is going to sell out, if that makes yeah. sense. No, I mean, that does make sense. I mean, maybe like Highline, I think said Highline had one left. Wow. But then like it's interesting because then like if you own a quote unquote sold out collection, <laughs> meat packing district looking at you, um, then. I think Dizzy might go on <laughs> a buying spree. Harlem question mark, hold my beer. So, all right, you might want to buy your Harlem now because if uh, Dizzy's drinking, it could be sold out by the morning. I, I bought my Harlem this morning, luckily. Yeah, I've, I've got a few myself. I think I, I think we uh, saw on the fan server that uh, Dizzy owns 1,700, I think, um, in Harlem alone. Yeah. Which, again, if you're an FSA buyer, there's some Harlem properties there. FSA, I mean, I'm looking, I mean, they're like 6,000, less than 6,000 UPEX. Right, yeah, I think the non-FSA floor is right around 5,400 right now, and I think you can find something in the lower 5K range uh, for FSA. But, um, yeah, I've picked up a few of, of the cheaper ones in Harlem with my dividends and have been listing for Fiat, which I guess that's another topic we could discuss later. They announced 70 additional Fiat out people, but, um, yeah, let me I, think I bought some schools. That's what I was buying in Harlem. So I think I, I still think my like long shot, um, gee, 
Oh my gosh, Dizzy is in a mood. I can't, <laughs> I can't with you, Dizzy. And if you're not live on the podcast, you are missing some gold. Um, I like the public schools. So you see them periodically as like public school 90s, stuff like that. I think that that could be a, like a mid-tier collection, maybe like a purple collection or something. Um, I think it would be pretty cool. So the collections we do have so far, they released that article today. If you guys saw it, the Medium article, the collection review, um, they, they just went over the 12 that we got. And for any listeners who don't know the order or um, just don't know all of them, let me go ahead and read them off. So Little Italy was first, followed by Financial District. Then we got Last Act, which was the theaters, Wall Street, Diamond District, Times Square, Broadway, Parkview, which was the Central Park facing Soho Skyline, which there's been that's a whole thing Skyline. And then today we got Billionaires Row and The New Yorker, which was actually pretty cool, uh, minus the embarrassingly low one time Opix reward. I don't know why they decided to give the most expensive city the least amount of Opix one time reward. It was. 650 i mean I, at that point it doesn't it's kind of pointless really 650 upics but <laughs> 65 cents yeah right yeah <laughs> yeah that's and well uh, you know what they heard the community complaining so much about the inflation from all the property or from all the collection <laughs> well there yeah. you go that's right, what you yeah. want you want 65 cents for a collection that's what you get Congratulations. You speak, they listen, and sometimes... Yeah, no pleasing some of you. Never. So, <laughs> so some of our community members have, I mean, lots of them have been making projections and predictions, and um, I want to go ahead and just post for you guys in the Zoom here. So this is uh, BDAG's projection based on the... Uh, um, I forget all of the all of the data and the analytics that he put it together to to build this, but he took San Francisco and Fresno and the frequency in which the collections appeared and just used that to extrapolate for New York and this is what he came up with um, so three standards, six limited, nine exclusive, four rare, and five ultra rare, which huh. right now right now uh I mean, right now that would tell us that for, if this were true, we're going to be getting a ton of limited and exclusives next. I mean, almost exclusive. I mean, it needs to be right. I mean, now I get that it's interesting because I mean, I get New York being the, you know, the city that it is, that it deserves like some of these higher end collections, right? The, the reds, the yellows, the, um, but yeah, six purple, nine orange. I go by color. I don't like the whatever. I mean, that's me though. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I wonder if he his uh, five yellow is strictly from the fact that there hasn't been a three X. Because nor you know, I, I feel like five yellow, four red. It seems weird that there'd be more yellow than red. So where are they but, putting the peers? Say again, where are the peers? Yeah, where uh, would you put the peers? Red. Uh, yeah, red for sure. Rare for sure. I, I honestly, I think there's going to be more red. And if I were to chart this out, I would 
think that there would be majority exclusives and then, you know, a lot more red and yellow than what we're seeing here. I think five yellow is fair. I think there'll be one more like weird ass collection. Well, to Uh, meet a three X, right? To, just because there's no 3X yet. Yeah. Right? Like, I just feel like it would be weird. Now, don't get me wrong. As a museum, as an active museum holder, I would be okay if it was the only 3X collection um, in the game. That would be pretty cool. But I feel like that seems unlikely. So I would say 5 yellow is fair. I could see it being even as much as 6 red. And then yeah. um, probably... You know, I don't know, seven orange, whatever that boils down to the rest. But, yeah, I can see how there's, like, less of, like, the the blue ones. I mean, it's there's not a lot that you would even want in those collections, right? Like Harlem, um, the New Yorker. <laughs> I like how yeah. you trolled the Harlem there. Very nice. Well, I mean, Harlem <laughs> Harlem is going to be a blue collection. Like, if Harlem is a collection, it's a blue collection. Like, it's the equivalent of whatever the blue ones in San Francisco are, right? Sunset. Like, right. Yep. Like it's not it's no offense to Harlem, but it's just it, it's the pricing of the neighborhood and the and the amount of the properties. Yeah. So all right. T Davis. And then uh just for I got one more thing here, just for I mean not really, just our initiatives, what we had uh the uh Upland L I team did their holiday event. It was I feel like a a big success. Um, the community enjoyed the format that we used um, with the visits, and I had to outthink the crafty people in the, uh, the community that um, were, you know, it's 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 a challenge, and I really enjoy trying to stay one step ahead of. Um, of the community when it, when rolling out challenges like this. And I wouldn't, I don't want to say cheating because using APIs in the blockchain certainly is not that. So that's why I use the word crafty, but having to stay one step ahead of them was definitely challenging and definitely fun for me. And for that, we should be rolling out another one. Uh, I want to say towards the end of the month, different format, um, new mechanics and, I'm looking forward that, to that. I don't imagine that, that the prizes are going to be anything close to what they were last time, but we'll still have a lot of fun with it. And that's uh, that's all I got for you guys. Yeah, we have the community. That That is one of the other problems of running community events, man. It's hard to, like, make a puzzle or something or, like, a find that, that can't just be easily cracked. And, again, we love the API, you know, nerds out there and the blockchain crackers. Like, they've provided us uh, an, an incredible wealth of information, and most of them are very – you know, willing to share that with the community, which is great, but it does make it damn hard to make a, a contest without somebody just scraping the chain and finding answers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, shit. But I think, um, I think with the introduction introduction of uh, buildings and being able to place NFTs in houses, hopefully that's not as easy to track on the chain. Like if yeah. I like hide um, paintings in houses like around Upland and then like the paintings have clues on them, like that could be right. like, I see that having massive fun uh, potential and hopefully that can't be like just – well, an image can't be scraped off a chain. So even if you knew where it was, you'd still have to go to that um, place and then look at the 
the right. image and then and then do the the thing. So a lot of lot of potential I think for fun stuff once that starts rolling out. Yep. Absolutely. All right, T, once again, as always, thank you for the New York update. A lot of yeah, stuff going bet. on, and Thanks, I think too. it's going to be pretty active for a while. Yeah, man. Yeah. So we did have, uh, they did announce that they're opening, expanding the Fiat out. They're adding 70 more people, and that should be coming up shortly. So big news there. Uh, so more people will be able to get their money out because it's all about getting your money out. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. There was a lot of uh, buzz around it when it first came out. Um, I don't know. It, it feels like unless I mean, it's it's like any sort of um, sales, though, like it's it's no different. Like you're not just going to be able to put things for Fiat out and then have them sell like that's just not how it works. Um, it's, you're going to have to do, unless again, it's the same principles as selling for upex in theory. Like you either need to be lowest in the market, um, overall or lowest in the market, um, for a given collection or area. Like you're not just going to be able to fiat out blindly. And if you want to make serious fiat out, it's going to take the same amount of marketing and sales effort as uh, normal sales. Obviously there's going to be, you know, some, I don't want to say dumb luck because, you know, people work hard, but I mean, like there's, you know, thousand dollar sales that happen with, but again, like there was still marketing for that and, you know, pitching it and, and trying to, to leverage it, um, to get this kind of thing sold. So Fiat out is great, but it's still a tremendous amount of work to market and sell your properties, especially the high value ones. Well, e- even the low value ones too. I mean, arguably more, honestly, if you have a, if you have a 15,000 UPEX property with no collection in a no-name neighborhood, you're almost certainly, if you wanted to sell it today, you have to almost certainly sell it for under value. And you see that all day long. Like I could go up and pull up on the fan server um, below UPEX or below Mint where people sell for like 90% of cost on a tremendous amount. Ben, who is on our, our live cast today, um, Ben68, He's notorious. Um, well, I don't know if he does it anymore, but historically selling off to be like random properties to consolidate. Sorry, I had to give of, you an applause. You actually called Ben by his right name, so I had to give you the applause. Oh, only because it's literally written in front of me. <laughs> if not, I would have been like, Ben 69, you owe me one kind of thing. I don't know. Um, you want to go there? <laughs> ben 69 you still owe me one come on man <laughs> you know it's you never heard that what's the difference between a 69 and 68 yeah 68 is just a 69 but i owe you one um uh all right sorry to i'm gonna assume you. that's not what his number means but who knows uh where were we <laughs> sorry but you were talking about how ben uh when he goes tries to get liquid he'll sell under uh he'll sell under. oh mint. yeah which again like there's nothing wrong with it but like because you know that helps you know if you wanted to hold those properties longer somebody wants to maybe liquidate and uh, consolidate into larger higher yield properties um in the short term kind of thing so yeah i mean there's all kinds of uh kinds of reasons but again fiat out doesn't change that um 
and the fact that you can't uh, fiat on your app, like you, you have to go to the web version and stuff like that. There is a, there is a slight barrier to entry um, to buy a, a property for fiat versus OPEX. So yeah, I don't know. Just things to think about. So there, there's going to be rush, but being a person participating in it, um, I'm not willing to part with some of my bigger properties TML, you've done a good job with uh, marketing and selling some of your uh, prime properties there and shows that it, it's it, it's possible to get fit out and market those. And, you know, MG had his big sale, which also helped set some baseline prices out there to reference for sale there. But, yeah, and there's been a lot of smaller sales. I've had a couple 5 and 10 and $12 sales, but it's... It is what it is, and you're you're just not going to, unless you're really pushing and putting it out there that you're trying to liquidate and you're trying to cash out, and you would expect that you would be selling under mint price for that, or you're just looking to get liquid, so... So what I've, what I've noticed uh, lately, the other day, in fact, I think Dizzy was the one who was uh, spamming the fan server bots with the undermint listings of the fiat, um, the fiat sales. They were just slightly under 100%, so they were triggering right the fan server to, to, to notify. And... Um, I think that's a brilliant tactic. I think Mixplick does the same thing, takes his dibs, buys properties, and then lists for fiat. And so I started to do the same thing. Um, I haven't had any success yet, but I've been picking up Har- <laughs> Har- Harlem properties and uh, with my dibs and then listing them just, you know, actually mine are actually over, over mint because it's New York, but um yeah, so that's interesting. So Dizzy, you know, being in chat, which also, by the way, I didn't know you could do emojis in a Zoom call. <laughs> I don't actually know how he's doing that. Very um, impressive. He's saying um, that he actually hasn't had any sales from that, which is um, interesting. So, because, I mean, that's a valid, like, I can see that being a strategy for people, especially who have, um, you know, high OPEX yield. Take the OPEX yield and you go, okay, I'll take um, 70% of its value. So, if I buy a 10,000 OPEX property, sell it for 7 bucks, you, right. you know, whatever, I, I still make, you know, a little bit. I'll take 70% of my dividends as cash, essentially. Um yeah, it's brilliant. I, I I really think it is. But has it been working? Like, it's one thing to say it's brilliant. It's another thing to actually have it work. Well, let me see. When did that? Well, Dizzy just listed these, I think, maybe two nights ago. And Yeah, uh, but here's the thing. Unless, so this is the problem with the current um, market and tools that are available. Unless you see it, like, say, on the fan server um, and it comes up, you know, in that premium chat of like, Hey, listing under you. And then unless it's on the bottom, like, so it's the cheapest in the market, you're not going to find those. And it's not going to be apparent immediately that it's under mint. Um, 
So like, as soon as it's out of sight, it just gets lost in the sea of other things. And the fact that it's a Fiat one, again, is a higher barrier of barrier of entry uh, for a lot of people because they maybe have OPEX they're trying to spend. They don't necessarily want to inject more Fiat. So um, it's interesting to see how these like smaller transactions are faring um, because I feel like they would require more advertising or more kind of really, they need their own way to be showcased. Yeah. And hopefully right. they help develop stuff to showcase properties here, business development, real estate. But right now, yeah, it's hard to get it showcased. Yeah. So anyway, something for the community to think about. I'm sure um, the crack team at UpX World, I, I think we were working on a couple of things. I know um, Hacker was trying to do, uh, had implemented auctions for a bit to try and leverage some stuff. Um, and I, I can see that being a real market of like, hey, here's some under mint, like having a, a portfolio of under mint, actively under mint properties. Because if you're new to the game, and you were going to put in some money, I would tell you go buy under mint properties. And Absolutely. if you don't understand, like it's like you are getting a deal. Dizzy and other players who have made up X interest are buying these properties because they just want to get some fiat out. Like it's a win win. Like you get a property under the current mint value, which means that you're technically getting a higher interest rate you know, by comparison than anybody else. And it will appreciate in value over time. So, uh, but I don't think that's apparent to new players like that, that would be a way to do it. I mean, for a while there, I was buying anything under mint, um, especially in San Francisco. Like, I mean, ask Ben, Ben's most of Ben's sales were to me when he was selling, you know, at or near uh, under mint, you know, at scale. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Now let's get into the fun part. The oh, sandbox boy. wars. Uh, good thing. I took my blood pressure medication at the halftime of the show. Well, that's good. So round one, the sandbox wars wrapped up and you had uh dog patch panhandle and Mercer Manor finish in the top three. So they move on to round two. Uh, Let's go with well, T. Now, before we go any further, let's congratulate the teams. Like, hey, you made top three. Kudos. Why you sound a little salty in your kudos? No, I'm just, there you go. Kudos. I, I, I gave my niceties. That's how we get. That's all you, that's all <laughs> some of them are getting. Oh, always got to. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here it comes. Hey, T, uh, what, what was your thoughts on round one? Uh, I I enjoyed it other than the one that took the longest got wiped out by a cell tower in the last eight hours, I think, oh, shit. of the event. But Tell us I, more. What happened? I took, I took a screenshot of it. horrible. And I will forever keep it as a reminder that all is fair in this game. Well, as I recall, <laughs> your beard did probably more damage than... Uh, than that cell tower, so <laughs> I, uh, I I really I did end up really enjoying it despite all of the pre nonsense that we had to deal with. I think that uh, 
it was definitely a huge win for Alplinda and the community and the way it's brought all of these um, these players together that likely would have wouldn't have had anything to talk about in DM. Um, there's been tons and tons of transactions um, between neighborhood champions, their lieutenants, and new players. And for the most part, all of them have gone successfully. I, you know, there have been a few anomalies where people got burned or, you know, the player got the property and sold it for optics. But aside from those, I mean, it was a, a huge success, I think, for building relationships, which should have been, you know, should have been the goal for for this event, in my opinion, is bringing the you know new players together with the veterans and the ones that are able to give them knowledge and share their experience, so that they can one day repeat and do the same. Yeah, so I would <laughs> definitely call it forging the way i would the way i feel like events like this are going to continue to forge relationships so, so whether it's you know forging them in a positive way or like solidifying their you know uh, i don't know i don't want to say combative nature but like there's alliances and the thing is uh neighborhood battles aren't going away now they won't be exactly like this but they've made it very clear that competing neighborhood competitions, head-to-head um, challenges, things like that, are going to be an active part of the game. So uh, for me, I, I think that this first one was really showed, um, you know, where some alliances are, who uh, who you can kind of trust to be honest, even if – like they're honest about their, you know, negative use of towers or, you know, their attack plans or whatever. And yeah, I don't know. I think uh, my, I don't know, curious. So T Davis, did any of your relationships fundamentally change because of this event? No, definitely not. No, definitely not. Um, But again, I, I built in all three of the winning neighborhoods. And so it's, I don't know that that's really, I'm the right person to ask on this. Um, I well, was pre- but I mean, to be fair, like the the scenario that you talked about earlier. I mean, you spent a hundred hours, a hundred spud hours building a. Uh, a oh apartment, right. And I literally built a cell tower right next to it and negated it. Right. No, I'm just gonna I'm gonna burn you back on that in the next round. <laughs> I mean, you can't because you can't negate cell towers. And in round two, I'm exclusively building cell towers, so you can't actually burn me. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But you know what? You could try. Maybe cell towers negate cell towers. So feel free to go to Panhandle and build cell towers right next to all of mine, and let's just see what happens. You know, I think it'll be good for science. <laughs> yeah man <laughs> what about you uh too stupid i don't yeah what about too stupid what what were you doing in the first round uh the first round i was building in alamo square and had a lot of property swaps with people that had available spud get them some properties to help develop alamo square and then uh when it looked like alamo square was out of it i kind of 
went free agent and built in Chinatown for a little bit. And then I was contemplating cell towers and I said, I'll just wait till round two. And now in round two, I think I just might build cell towers on all my properties. So I'm an equal hater. Interesting. Interesting strategy. Because it's, and you know what's fascinating is if you own a property to build a cell tower, that means you are some amount invested in that um, neighborhood, which I find fascinating as well. Because like, and now I know there was a tremendous amount of property swaps as well. Um, Huge shout out to all the people who built in Alamo Square, by the way. Um, As a champion of that, uh, I, you know, I reluctantly took that title after we had a couple of people not be able to, to, you know, take that up. And I couldn't be prouder of, uh, you know, the tiny team at Alamo Square, um, lots of people came in, helped help build it out. Um, ultimately, obviously, it, the way the mechanics worked, most of the neighborhoods honestly just didn't stand a chance, which is why I'm pretty excited about, you know, and I wish I had the numbers in front of me on the number of properties in all of these neighborhoods. Um, but like Dogpatch had a relatively small amount of properties. And in fact, so I have the numbers from the Upland Market Info channel um, in front of me. I, unfortunately, they didn't give us the numbers for the other seven um, places, but just for number purposes, total structures built 2,369 with 672 unique builders, which is kind of cool. 128 cell towers were built, most of which I think were mine. No, no. I think I built uh, six or seven myself. Uh, total negated structures, 71, which is an interesting number to tell you that most people who built cell towers didn't do anything. You spent 50 spud to give minus one point. Not really valuable, but whatever, do you. Uh, Panhandle had 396 structures built, 49 of which were negated. They had 69 unique builders. Dogpatch had 104 structures built with only two negated. And that's because just of the structure of their uh, neighborhood, lots of large plots um, that are hard to negate, which has uh, been an interesting strategy to see with 40 unique builders. And then Merced Manor rounding out the top three with 174 unique structures, five negated uh, with 58 unique builders. So, um, I, again, I wish I had the, I, especially Chinatown, because I'd be curious to see what the numbers came in for Chinatown. It came down to the wire. Um, I, I don't have any numbers besides the top three. I wish I did. Sorry, TM. I've asked the team um, to provide us a number for the rest. Um, I, I wish I, I had the, and maybe if they sell, if they bring that out, I'll, I'll present it next time. And some but of the like, things. I did find interesting in round one is you had players start construction of a building and then just stop the development of it. So the construction still shows that they're building something, but it's never advancing. So you could get a false sense of actual volume being built in different areas. And well, now are you talking about people that didn't do the inauguration ceremony? So it completed because if you demolished it, like if you actually stopped working on it, then it would get demolished. But if it looked like it was under construction and you went there, that just means it wasn't um, 
they didn't do the inauguration oh, okay. ceremony and the points still counted for full there, but it did give a false sense of like how many points are pending. Cause I was looking at Chinatown, like, Holy crap. They had like 20 properties left built, but a lot of them were actually built. They just never were. Um, no one did the inauguration ceremony. For yeah, I thought they were stopped building. Cause you look and it's still a shadow of a building, but then there's no completion time to it. I'm like, what's going on there? Yeah. So, and I, I bet a lot of people were probably very similar. So th- what that meant is that the building had actually completed, but the inauguration ceremony, so somebody hadn't logged in and, and done the ceremony to actually sh- complete the structure visually. However, at that point, the points would have been added to that neighborhood's total for that property. And that, that was a good mechanism that they had set up in the game just for that purpose in case somebody didn't log in in time before the contest ended. It would count. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it was, it was that. And like, if you were to like start a build and uh, you couldn't log in like the last minute before it was done or something, they didn't want you to miss out on points. Yeah. So as soon as the, your construction was done, whether or not you completed it through the inauguration ceremony or not, you were going to get the points for your neighborhood. And even in round one, I was looking at my properties in the other neighborhoods and nobody really built around them. So I think the cell towers I build in round two are just not going to help that much because they'll avoid it even more now that I made it public. Yeah. So it's interesting. So when you, when you start talking about like build strategies, we saw a lot of different strategies happening. Um, Alamo square. I mean, for the most part, like everyone there was just like build as quick as you can move on to the next. Like I was just putting a hundred percent spud towards the building and then moving on, um, which you know, depending on your uh, cycle times can be tricky to just make sure that you get the most out of it. Uh, Chinatown, you saw take a very slow approach. So they built a lot of, um, they were building a lot of apartments and and you could tell that they were probably building them at the slowest they could to have them appear as late as they could, uh, which was a, which was a great strategy um, because I think they went under the radar for the first half of, of the competition. Um, And I think for defensively, if you're building large buildings, you probably want to build them slower in the event that somebody is, if, if you know it's cell tower proof, it probably doesn't matter. But if there's a risk of a cell tower appearing next to your buildings, having them build slower is better because then if you, if somebody was building a cell tower, you could theoretically pivot and salvage some of your spud hours. Um, but uh, offensively, I think it makes more sense to just build your tower as quick as possible um, because you're already going to attack whoever. And uh, a tower under construction and a tower completed have the same psychological effect of n- don't build there in theory, right? So it doesn't make much difference. Um, and you don't want to have to – you want to get it built and then your resources back to you so that way you can um, build them quicker in uh you know more like you don't want to have five cell towers building at once it's better offensively to build a single tower than build the next tower then build the next tower because it gives your enemy less time to react if you simultaneously build five towers at once they know all of your attack points and have more time to strategically plan around that so and just because you build a cell tower doesn't mean you're keeping it up through the whole thing too yeah, now I would love to see, I wonder if they have how many buildings were destroyed uh, because like I know I personally bought a house 
um, and, and <laughs> destroyed it and put up a cell tower. I videotaped it and spread it on the internet like my name was Paris Hilton. But anyway, mm. um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the, a lot of different strategies um, there. I kind of draw the line at that of like blackmailing people like, Oh, I built a tower. I'm going to blackmail you. Now forging alliances after the fact is different of like, Hey, I built towers. You built towers. What do you say? We both take them down and, and call it a day. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't reasonable. even looking at the extortion aspect of it, but you know, you could build towers just to deter building in an area and then rip it down before it's too late. There's a lot of fun, uh, fun strategies <laughs> with the towers. Why would you do that? <laughs> why I'd wouldn't like, you do that? I didn't that? build a tower. I don't know why you didn't build there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So what, you, so your strategies just build, Build all towers on all all of your properties. T. Davis, what's your what's your strategy? Well, as many as I can, because I can't build on. I can't get a tower up on all the properties in a week. Yeah. Well, I'm good. I I have properties in all three neighborhoods, and I have open dialogues with all of their champions, and so. Uh, yeah. So you're well, one of them. I'm one of them. Um, yeah, or I might just go. Yeah, I might just go. I might go all in on Panhandle too. I think that's uh, that would be appropriate, right? I mean, that's one move. <laughs> so, in in unre- completely unrelated news, if you're looking to do the New York Minute on the UpX podcast, no, that's the thing. Like at the end of the day, like. It is all more or less fun and games. Um, there really wasn't any. There was a couple like shady things, and I won't even talk about them on air um, because it's honestly like some of the things like I don't know the full stories on them. But there was only like probably two or three things that I heard that kind of happened behind the scenes that really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, and nothing to do with like tower creation either. It's just about how um, certain players were treated in response to who they were helping or, or, you know, how they were uh, operating, which I didn't really like. Um, but yeah, I think overall, I mean, it was pretty exciting. I, I'm, I mean, I've made no qualms about it. My goal, my only goal for round two is to do everything I can to make sure Panhandle does not get number one. Uh, That is an uphill battle, obviously. Um, But, I mean, I have much higher holdings in both uh, Dogpatch and Merced Manor. So my interests are strictly uh, selfish. And so, yeah, that's my 100% transparent strategy. Here's my only real question with Panhandle. So they got a group together and they bought all these properties, sold it out, and then they're developing it. But is this going to be a neighborhood that they're going to develop as a team or was this just for the event? So are they playing this neighborhood as a mini game or is this something that they've decided that they're going to develop in the future of the game of Upland? Yeah, which is a which is a great question because I mean that does change a lot of the dynamics. Like I mean I haven't heard anyone talking about you know what the future of Panhandle is outside of this mini event. 
um, as honestly as neighbors at, at Alamo square, like I'm not mad if they want to build it out. I mean, that would put two high visibility neighborhoods right next to each other. Um, and you know, ours with actually, you know, good properties with, you know, respectable property owners and then panhandle. So, I mean, that's fine. Um, you know, I'm sure that they're, you know, questionably bought properties will be just fine. No one will have a problem with their, you know, blood up X. I mean, they had 69 different builders in there. Yeah. I mean, I heard, I heard that, uh, you know, it's pretty easy to have multiple accounts in an upland. No, I'm teasing. Oh, geez. I'm teasing. No, no, no. In, in, in all, oh, jeez. Right. I, I gotta, I gotta tone it down a bit because, in all honesty, there are a lot of amazing builders inside of Panhandle. A lot of friends to the show. A lot of you know friends to us. So there, there's a ton of really good people building in Panhandle. Um, so, and and I honestly, I don't think that there's any more shenanigans beyond the initial. And we don't even need to rehash it, but yeah, I mean, I think it sat unwell with a lot of us that it was the one neighborhood that was championed in a non-sold out neighborhood, which gave them kind of a chance to buy up and then strategize completely differently than in other neighborhoods, which had been sold out uh, mostly for quite some time. So, I mean, that's honestly the part that, that sits the most uneasy with me is I, I just like, eh, you should have had to pick a sold out neighborhood because everyone else has had to like trade and do stuff to, to help protect their neighborhood. They could go in day one and uh, you know, just kind of buy out what they wanted. And cherry so, pick it. Well, and then you also had yeah. the, the, the sold out neighborhoods. They also had the challenge of they've had players that haven't played in months, but their properties are still there. And yeah. And all of the other neighborhoods had champions that were, um, like the holders of their neighborhoods because they're all sought after neighborhoods. Like that was the other thing. If you look at the other nine neighborhoods, their top 10 property holders share a lot of the same names. And a lot of them are also uh, champions. So like to be able to go, Oh, well, we're going to pick a neighborhood that isn't sold out. And then we're going to find people that don't have a holding somewhere else. And then we're going to bring them to this fresh instance of a neighborhood and sell it to them. Like I just go, eh. it's not, it's not strategy because no one else got to do that. Like, so Dizzy's saying strategy. That's, I mean, and now again, don't get me wrong. I don't blame nice for this. Like if I was in the position, I would probably have done the same thing. I think that the team overall, like I go upland shouldn't have allowed it. Uh, so ultimately I go, yeah, that I don't want them to win it because I don't like the premise on which they started. So what do you think this event is going to do for those 10 neighborhoods in all 10, not just the three that made it to second round or the one that wins? What do you think the event will do to the, to the, the property costs of those neighborhoods I mean, I think that they're all going to see a significant increase than without the event. Mm, memories are short. Um, they'll see some sort of boost. It depends on how it, on how you kind of leverage the win um, in the short term. Honestly, I would love to see all 10 get some sort of recognition, even if the trophy doesn't get points. 
like some way to say, hey, we, you know, these neighborhoods partook in the sandbox war. Um, Participation but, ribbons, huh? Like, <laughs> like just some way to to mark them to just be like, hey, because honestly, after this event, like no one's going to remember what the ten neighborhoods were. And the thing is, like Alamo Square doesn't need it, so I'm not I'm not rooting it for Alamo Square. We have, you know, the Painted Ladies, which is one of the most famous collections, which is also. Um, you know, six unique landmarks, seven, um, and uh, a huge piece around it. So, but I mean, like other, like Little Hollywood, like Jim Juice and Little Hollywood, like Shadow, like you guys, would, you know, went in and, and did your thing in Telegraph Hill, um, and you know, there in was University a- Mound. Also, I feel like they have they're going to see some significant increase in resale. Merced Manor, for sure. Merced Manor might be the one that gets the most, uh, I don't know, publicity or or, uh, name recognition out of the event, out of the unknown ones, right? Because I'll call. What? Merced uh, Manor? No way. No, I'm tired of this. Merced Manor is the underdog little guy. No. You mean mean the neighborhood that was the, the site of Blockchain Heroes? You mean the one that actually has like a, a which was like a footnote? Backing? Yeah, that was that's been like a footnote for that neighborhood. I mean, I don't know. That's just but my like view on it. Term, like that's where those guys. I mean, and that's the other thing is like that shows you like that neighborhood was a part. And there's a couple people that are still very interested in it because they see, and myself included, like Too Stupid and I are two of the top property holders in Merced Manor, like because we see the value of Merced Manor. And so I don't think like, it's not an underdog story. Like I swear, like if little, if little Hollywood like had pulled out a win, like that would have been a true underdog story. Like that would have been cool. Um, Like I don't see Merced Manor being like that. Like, Oh, we're just, well, here's why I say that. I, I, I say that because of the new players that I've seen come in to the discord and, they had read an article or, or they heard about BCH and Merced Manor and that's, that's their introduction to Upland. And so it's there, they're not going to forget that. And it's just this, this huge to them, Merced Manor is this huge thing. And I, I don't know, I, out of all of the neighborhoods in the event, I, that didn't art that aren't were, weren't already a dog patch or an Alamo square or a VV. I think Merced Manor I just in my opinion, it just got got bumped up the ladder significantly because of this event. Oh well, right. their top three um, definitely refreshed, right? I, I think a lot of fresh eyes went back on it. Uh, yeah, that day that we I'll had that event that. for like, um, and being in top three um, will definitely garner additional property value, like. My my thing is, I said, if you get top three, you automatically, I feel like you get two X your property value. And then if you get number one, it's three X. Like if Alamo Square would have top three, which we statistically did not even have at all a chance. Like once the, once the round started, like you could just see, we don't have enough properties um, or builders uh, to do it, uh, which is fair. Like, okay, fine. Uh, but like then the properties would have been 200,000 easily um, if we had top three. Um, so I see being top three, two X, if you win at all, you can probably go three X your, your current value. 
anyone over see the for the problem is TM. So TM saying anyone over twelve hundred points should should double the property value. The problem is no one no one's gonna remember it. Like there is no standing board, there is no you're you're not gonna have a memorial to the battle of of this. Like <sighs> That's I mean, all you need the 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 way you remember it is yeah. by listing sale properties and watching market purchases, and that's how it becomes permanent and remembered. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I guess if you if like you collectively go, oh well, why is this? Um, you know, why are these properties so damn expensive? I don't get it. Like no one's right. gonna. Oh well, they placed seventh in the uh, the sandbox <laughs> war, for the Great Sandbox War of 2020. Like no one's gonna say that. Like they you know, you you're gonna have to have um, more than that. Now the top three again, you get the Spud Trophy. So depending on how that works, um, which is really interesting when I started releasing some of the mechanics about it, that it's actually tied to the neighborhood, um, and not like a person or a property, which I think is super cool. Um, so like depending on how that works and how easy it is to see like the score of a neighborhood. So imagine they release the leadership board, right. Of points for neighborhoods before they actually release any other property development. So if you place number one and you're number one on that points board that no one else can touch for, you know, a month or two or however long, like that is free advertising that is guaranteed views. So if you're in the top three and there's only three neighborhoods with points in the game for however long, like if they do that, that's a big if like you're going to see tremendous amount of traffic, like, Oh my gosh, well, why does Panhandle, Dogpatch, and Merced Manor all have points? No one else does. These must be very high value properties. Like, so. And you forget that Mercer Manor already had a huge increase on uh, secondary property sales. They had the contest with the blockchain heroes. It was like an hour and 48 minutes. That whole neighborhood sold out and you had five, 5,000 up X, 7,000 up X, um, 12,000. You had, you had under 10 K, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of 5,700 up X. And then people were buying them for 20, 30, 40, 50,000 up X just to make sure that they got the super miles card. Yeah. Which is really funny because afterwards, a lot of people then liquidated it for under mint. Like actually, <laughs> The problem with well, the problem with that event, that buyout event, is your properties were only valuable during that time frame, and then they pretty much plummeted. Um, I would be curious to see the sales right after that, but I know I snatched up some from people who were like, "I bought twenty of these damn things, and I just want my upex back." Like, here, I'll sell them at five grand a piece. Like, um, so. Because I was yeah. up in the I was up in the forties, and then I had some people making offers, and I had to make sure that I had enough to <laughs> to, right? to stay in and oh secure. That was that was a crazy event for sure. Yeah, but and yeah, yeah. Merced Manor isn't going anywhere, and like I recently um, bought a property there for two hundred and fifty thousand. Like it was, I probably paid a thirty x markup on it um, because it was right next to the uh the bch headquarters like you can go check the chain that was like probably uh, a week before uh the whatchamacallit was announced i think or maybe it was even after the spud wars announcement truth be told 
You made somebody happy around Christmas. There, by the way. <laughs> Imagine but. that. So what are you looking forward to in round two, two uh, overall? Rap, give us a summary there, T. Who do you think is going to come out on top? I think the Panhandle is going to win it. I think that looking at the numbers and the builders and the diversity, and uh, I just think that they're, they have what it takes to overcome a very, very close battle with Dogpatch. Um, it should be within 100 hundred points, but Panhandle narrowly defeats Dogpatch. Even with even with everybody free agents now and all the properties available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I don't know. That's I'm looking at the numbers and and strictly from the properties and the number of builders and um, what I think Dogpatch maxed out, and I don't know that Panhandle did, but we'll see. I. I hate to just talk all that, say all those good things about MM and then not even consider them having a chance in it. But um, I think it's between Pan and Dogpatch. And uh, maybe I'm wrong. And, you know, well, sorry, Nietzsche, if you're listening to this, my bad. I, you know, you know, I'm definitely a Dogpatch supporter, but it's a game of, to me, it's a game of paper, rock, scissor. Because the thing is, Neoshren has made it very clear he is out for blood against Merced Manor. Um, and he's going to, uh, I think, go Chernobyl on their ass is what I heard. <laughs> and <laughs> he it, to is try the... and make it a nuclear way. The only chance I see Merced Manor, Merced Manor needs to really look at itself and go, okay, are we willing to do what it takes to win? And what that means is supporting anti-PH people <laughs> or I, you know, I'm not saying go get your hands dirty yourselves. Lord knows you're good at outsourcing your dirty work, but you need Merced Manor needs a targeted attack against Panhandle to have a chance at winning. Like that's their only chance. Honestly, dog patch did cap out. Merced Manor did not cap out. And a lot of people are looking at Merced Manor now and saying, oh, wow, hey, Merced Manor, there's a lot of extra properties there. I know that there's people that it's not as risky to lend out a Merced Manor property that were like five or six grand, right? Like, you know, hey, here you go. Here's some, here's some, Merced, some, some houses on. Like Merced Manor didn't cap out. Dogpatch did. PH did not. But I, unless – Unless Mercer Manor is willing to get their hands dirty and go against PH, they have no chance at winning. Like that's just the reality. But that's yeah. that's me. That's what I was. I mean, that's what I'm basing my answer on, just strictly numbers and what I saw in the first round. So, so what you're saying is that uh, you're, and so you're, or you're saying that you're throwing your your hat in the ring for PH. It's going to be PH or dog patch. It's going to be close. That's what I'm. No, definitely. no, no. I'm saying, where are you throwing your support? Oh, across all three of them, or oh my god, that's bullshit. Okay, <laughs> pick a neighborhood. I'll support fully. Support. I am declaring on the podcast my full support for Panhandle. Oh my god! All right, you heard it, Mercer Manor. T. Davis doesn't love you. <laughs> but also you look at Mercer Manor. Nishiran has the most properties at 103. Ryan Loy 
96 has 77. Then Jim Juice. So, and Jim Juice already declared that he's not building anywhere. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to lend out his properties to have other people build on them. True. And then import, import SWO has 44. You have 41 and I have 37. Yeah, so... It, I will almost certainly not be building cell towers in Merced Manor. I have no reason to build cell towers in Merced Manor for round two. But that assumes that I get enough properties in PH to use up my spud to build cell towers. So that's my shout out. Merced Manor, you want my help? Help make sure that I have viable PH properties to continue to build cell towers on. There you go. Have anything else to say about round two there? Thank me later. Good luck. Godspeed. It's just a game. (laughs) It is just a game. It's going to be a fun week. (laughs) It's a mini game and uh, it would be, it would have been really great if they destroyed these things with an earthquake. Just all the buildings kind of crumble down. Yeah. And I know, okay. Like I'm the first, I'm a hot headed individual. I don't know if you're aware. I have a bit of a, I, mood swings, temper, et cetera, et cetera. I never knew that. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you're aware. Not but, at all. Uh, Learning something every day about you. <laughs> For the most part, I will, I, I'm cool with most people. And honestly, like, hopefully you guys saw, like, you, you know how much I rail against Kent every single week. Hey, I was aligned with him during this event. Like CT, I had CT's back. I didn't build a single tower there. Um, if they would have made it to round two, I would have uh, probably uh, fully backed uh, CT um, and, and put my spud into building in uh, in uh, Chinatown. Uh, alas, that didn't happen. So, like, again, as much as I poke fun at certain people, like, I hope at the end of this we can all remain somewhat friends for the most part. For the most part, yeah. I mean, there's still some people I don't like at all, and they know who they are. And if you don't know, if you're one of those people that I truly don't like, feel free to ping me. I will let you know. Hey, if you have questions, if you're liked or not by Thank Me Later, go ahead. Send them a DM. Find out where you stand. Yeah. And spoiler alert, if the DM says, uh, you know, you are blocked, that's probably a good indication. You're not on my fun list. Oh, got a fun list now. Yeah, or actually it's more of a Christmas lift. If you didn't get a Christmas gift for me, and I shouldn't say that because I'm sure I forgot somebody who I'm actually friends with, but for the most part, if you didn't get a Christmas gift for me, you know, just know just that you're know. probably not on my list. <laughs> there are 33 uh, properties for sale in uh, Panhandle right now. I spent so much money last round already. What's the cheapest for sale in Panhandle? Um, hold on. For sale, click that. See, and here's the other, you know what the genius part of this whole thing is? And I'm going to share this because, you know what, we're all friends here. You guys, the best part about this is every property that I buy in Panhandle and build a tower on, if it's one of two results, they either don't get first place and one of the other neighborhoods that I have an investment in gets first place, yay, happy me, or they win the whole thing and the properties I bought are worth more money. So you can't lose. <laughs> it's kind of awesome. But that's just between us friends. So Yeah, you put that on the podcast, so everybody hears. 
Oh, shucks. Did you hear that you can buy a property in Panhandle, build a cell tower on it, and still potentially make money? Is that a new strategy that you should do? A hundred percent. Please do it. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the the cheapest property is 72,000 Upix, and it's yeah. uh, 1,905%. No, that is by Stuzy. Oh, is it Stuzy or Stuzel? Stuzel. Okay. Way. Yeah, Stuzel. It's a it, my screen's farther away. And then Flo's got two properties up. TM has three up, um, right in a row. He's got more than three up, but Flo and TM have a lot of properties for sale at over a thousand percent, two thousand percent. Pretty good. Yeah. Which again, like, I don't think they're worth that. Um, but if you own a property in pH and you are looking to make some upex over the next week, please feel free to ping me. <laughs> there you go. I'm also willing to rent by the way, which would then negate my previous statement of I win either way. Renting would be a strictly you need to fail for me to make money kind of scenario. Hmm. I'm open to it, though. Who knows? A lot of options. Things can change between now and uh, round two of the Spud Wars. Good luck to the three neighborhoods. It will be fun to watch. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave reviews for this podcast. Shout out Mars Utah for our theme songs. DailyUplander.com for the stats provided here. UpX World for the other stats that we provide. Great sites to check out. Great people to work with. Uh, thank me later. Anything else for our fans today? Um, oddly enough, if you, uh, depending on your sect of Christianity, it might be Christmas for you today. Um, so Merry Christmas. If it is your Christmas. There you go. Yeah. My interesting fact of the day. Yeah. Orthodox Christians. It's, uh, their Christmas today. Nice. Uh, T Davis, anything else before we get out of here for the week? Uh, no, but you know what? I just, I left something out. I wanted to shout out cheesy poof and bloodless for making double digit, uh, gains on the property list. I forgot to mention that. So that's just one of my emissions. <laughs> cheesy poof up 30 spots and bloodless up 20. That's, that's freaking awesome. Keep buying in NYC. Let's get some more collections revealed. Outstanding. And uh, it's about time for our theme music, and maybe that will wake a mixed click up. So uh, (laughs) until next week, everybody be easy. It's the Opix Podcast, baby. Glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might become an obsession as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock it iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your Opix, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying and gripping, then to selling and flipping over to moving.